The family of a local teenager says she never would have left home without calling. It's praying for the best. I want my daughter home, man. And if she can't come home, I just want to know where she's at. These posters around the towns of Livermore and Jay beg anyone with information to come forward. Posters that Richard puts up every spring, never losing hope. An arrest in a nearly four-decade-old cold case. Thanks to cutting-edge DNA technology, the arrest happening exactly 39 years to the day. When Parabon Nanolabs used that sample to create 3D models of the suspected killer's face. It's heartbreaking. We miss her, and we're going to find her. We're going to keep looking until we do. It's like a never-ending nightmare. It doesn't end. It keeps returning and coming back. What if I told you that on July 10th, 2015, a three-year-old boy goes missing while on a camping trip with his parents? What if I said that despite the parents saying the boy had been seen by multiple people in town, when questioned, none of the witnesses remember seeing him? What if the parents both took multiple lie detector tests, mom fails four times, and the dad fails five times? Five years later, and no one has seen Dior Kuntz Jr., but some have never stopped searching. Welcome back to Locating the Lost, Season 1, Episode 10, The Mysterious Disappearance of Dior Kunz Jr. Tonight we are joined by Callie Ann Pearsons. She started out as a concerned mother with an interest in the disappearance of Dior Kunz Jr., but has turned into one of his biggest advocates to have his story shared so that he can have the justice that he deserves. Hello. Hey, Callie. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. So I'm here with Jeff. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's always awkward like this in the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, Callie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you uh, became well, interested in this case? I'm a full-time mom. I was, you know, sitting on the couch watching the news, and his story popped up, and uh, and. I was quite worried, actually, because, you know, having your own child, or even if you don't have one, you know the, the severity of what could happen. And and I was pretty worried over the whole weekend, you know, checking the news every chance I got. And it wasn't until Monday afternoon, um, the parents, their interview stood out. It stood out so, so much that I it, it made me in tune. So I, I paid attention. I followed it, and the more I followed it, I actually got more involved because I've been reuniting people, uh, well, since I was 10, um, starting with my own dad and my sister that um, shared the same dad. And so I had some research skills doing this for over 20 years, and I thought maybe I can poke my head in there, you know, and so I was just kind of digging around. And, you know, the more I dug around, the more I saw, you know, on top of what everybody else was seeing and their discrepancies, you know, polygraphs failed. And, and while I came across my specific thing that I came across was, um, was a relative of Jess's and, um, the mother of Dior and she was posting a crying selfie, um, Wednesday, eight o'clock, about two twenty-five in the afternoon. This day sticks out to me because so much has been mentioned about that day as far as all these activities and stuff. I found discrepancies in those as well because I had actually contacted Trina, the grandmother, um, 
I was curious about it. I had some questions. Uh, one thing I did ask her is, hey, did you, um, did you, were you there during the, the fixing up the camping, you know, situation over on Wednesday at three o'clock? And she said, well, no, I wasn't there. I was actually working um, till 535. Uh, well, the Jess mom, you know, she makes it really important to, to have this three o'clock situation happen. She's put it in her statement that her mom and her stepdad and her grandfather were actually there and that she was helping them. You know, so I just, I see these things and they're pop-outs, you know. So when I seen the cousin, um, Jessica's cousin, uh, I won't name her. She's she's public out there, you know. Um, she's posing a crying selfie. It's, it really stood out. So I decided to, well, reach out to the dad. <laughs> so I did that. I, I sent him, what's that? Hmm. Uh, Vernal. And what's, what's his name? What's the father's yeah, his name? middle name is Dior as well, so we all call him v- uh, Vernal. Um, yeah, so I, I contacted him. I reached out via Facebook message, and I said, "Hey, I uh, you know I heard your son's missing. I'm sorry. You know I believed you was a suspect at the time, but I was like, hey, I think you know your the cousin might have something to do with it. You know, and I was just trying to break conversation. You know, and he man, he flew back at me, and he was you know." Um, he was like, who the hell do you think you are? And well, I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I was just, you know, I'm, I feel like I want to help. And, and, you know, I saw this and it stuck out. And, um, well, that was the end of the conversation, really. Uh, I said, I was sorry. He said, no big deal. He's just, he's tired of everybody, you know, looking at him like that. And so um, three hours later, I think the, so that was about like seven in the, seven in the evening. Three hours later, about 10 I'm in bed, you know, on my phone, just playing around on Facebook and stuff. My, I'm married. My husband's sleeping next to me. And I get this message from Vernal, and he says, your husband's a lucky guy. Oh, my goodness. I was like, I see where <laughs> I see where this is going. I see this as well. You picked the right person to do this to. So I was just like, he cheats. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. But... I, I, I went with it, you know, I, I, I'm not the one who really came back out like that. So I, um, I said, you know, we, we kind of just had a brief conversation of nothing big deal, you know? So the next day he reached out to me and he's like, Hey, would you like a picture? <laughs> sure. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> oh boy, is right. He sent me a picture of you know his downstairs area with no clothes on. What? And I was so, so I'm, shocked. Let's just stop you there. Yes. <laughs> I just have a quick question. So, how long was this after Dior went missing? Um. Okay. So this is August in 2017. So I kind of just followed it nonchalantly by myself on the outside, you know. Um, okay, so seeing if there was anything like I can do. A little yeah. over two years later. Yeah, yeah. Um, just about two okay. years. And, Sorry, continue. <laughs> and yeah, so he's not even not even 24 hours, about 24 hours later almost, you know, he's sending me a, a half-nude picture of himself. I mean, I, I was in the middle of the intersection <laughs> looking at my phone, so I seriously, I... I it's a good thing that I didn't wreck. And <laughs> so <laughs> I was really shocked to see something that, you know, a suspect of some sort, whether he really is or isn't, um, 
in my belief he is and and for him to send that to somebody he's never even met was just jaw-dropping to be honest with you so I just rolled with it and um and what really got me involved more was the next conversation. The first conversation was just text messages. And I actually set up a phone conversation. And so when I got him on the phone, um, he talks. He talks a lot. If you've seen him on TV, mm-hmm. that's how he talks. And yep. he, uh, he rambles. And so he he didn't waste no time i the very first sentence he he said was swear it was like um so the day of is how he starts it you know and and he's talking about how we are he's in his driveway he's working on his corvette the truck's parked next to the corvette in the driveway the black truck that he's talking are you familiar with the klein story that he told him about the lug nut tailpipe story at all um, not everyone would be familiar with it, so if you yeah, can tell yeah. us Yeah, yeah. Well, he told Klein, um, the PI, he he said that there was a lug nut story. He just went on and on about the story, not in his written statement, but in a later interview, and talking about how the baby was um, at camp and walking around uh, the truck, and and you know he usually does that, and but he missed. He noticed a lug nut missing. It was so descriptive as far as like it, he made it sound like it was the very first time he's noticed a slug not missing um and so that that story you know i already knew about it well when he gets on the phone with me and he's talking about the slug nut story <laughs> and it, it's actually now it's happening in his driveway so he places his car next to it he's working on his vehicle and the baby came over and tried to help dad with the vehicle, but he had a screwdriver in his hand and he accidentally scratched the um, scratched the uh, car. And it didn't make dad too happy because now he's going to have to fix it. Um, and so eventually a uh, baby was walking around the truck and he's counting lug nuts. And he literally described the story the exact same way as he did with the P.I. Klein. Um, I mean, it was literally the same townage. It was like, it was the exact. The only difference was it was at home parked next to his Corvette. It got so serious in the conversation that I had to stop him and ask him if he had his Corvette at the campsite. And at that moment, he realized that I knew both stories. And so he changed it really quickly and, um, you know, was rephrasing it to be different. And, and it just wasn't going to fly with me. I'm very familiar with people who lie and, and how things do seep out. Um, so I took note of this. I actually wrote it down um, and I sent this information to um, Klein himself uh, in August of 2017. And... Um, I mean, there's just no way that he's going to go off on this car subject that, you know, he's he, he repainted it. He uh, he wishes he didn't anymore because it would have been a memorable thing to look at. Um, there's a lot of this car attached to this lug nut story that was supposedly happened at camp. <clears throat> so I turned all that yeah. in and I, I actually just reached out to Klein in, in May and I said, you know, I don't feel like that anybody actually saw what I sent you. Um, do you mind if I send this and how do I send this somewhere? He said, write up a sworn statement and and send it into the Bonneville Police Department, which I did. Um, and I spoke to the detective there, which I've spoke to before. And he says that he's going to have to turn everything into um, Sheriff Penner from the Lemhi County. He's now the in charge lead detective, I guess, over there. Um, 
I'm not really comfortable with just leaving it with just that. I feel like that would be the end of it. So I actually have plans to send my statement elsewhere. Um, so that's kind of like a, a breaking thing where not a lot of people know about that um, there's actually two places that Vernal has actually slipped in the lug nut story. Um, and I think that's really big. But, you know, other than that, besides the whole lug nut story, these parents have had such discrepancies that it 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 paints a bigger picture than, you know, than what they say. And right. I'm here... My, my goal is to see justice and, um, you know, I've, I've turned in what I've got and I stick around because I feel that I've been here long enough to, to see everything go down and, and I would like to see that justice. I created a page for him, a website of his very own. Um, I, I realized that people were coming in and, and wondering, hey, do you remember that one part of that story or or has there been any updates or I'm new to this, tell me about it. Well, I realized there was so much to, to go through. There was, you know, Facebook's is a five year scroll. So I created a page so I can have it all in one spot and it ain't for me at all. Um, I want it for him. So I, I can care right. less to get any attention from it. I want his face shared. I want people to just be referenced there to go there to, to see everything that is um, there to see. And it's all factual. None of it is based on speculation. Right. Um, I think that that would be very fair. It's a it's an awesome website too. It's called justiceforbabydior.com. Mm -hmm. um, it's very well done. Very yeah. impressive. Yeah, I would also like to add the, the Facebook. Um, we call it The Voices, but it's actually called... Um, uh, Dior Coon Jr. Voices. Uh, they have over 11,000 followers. They are the biggest um, uh, Facebook page for him, and it's a discussion site. The website is not. It's kind of drama-free. <laughs> right. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to either of those two places, and um, we're all we've all been there for the whole time. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm gonna try to look that up as soon as we get off the phone here. Yeah. Um, hey, so could you? Go back and tell us the story about Dior and, and what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was. Uh, um, I'm gonna start with Wednesday, and I'm I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna go off of um, what has been said out there, not based on my speculation. No, this is um, Wednesday, July 9th. Yes, yeah, uh, July 9th. Yes, they went. Um, uh, no, Wednesday, July 8th. Sorry, July 8th, and that is a day that um, they decided to. Um, pack up the camper and to get it ready and um, and uh, so Jessica went over to to the mom Trina's um, to help pack up the camper and discussed with grandpa what kind of things they're gonna need and stuff like that um, and then Thursday um, grandpa comes over in the morning and he's kind of like hey don't forget about the camping trip and uh, so that, that's what they did and um, they went and got a few groceries and Vernal happened to be working that day. And, um, so he claims that he had gotten a call just that afternoon that, that it was time to go camping and he really didn't want to go camping. He's not a camping person. Um, and so he was really trying to get out of it, but he couldn't get out of it. And so they headed up there about, um, let's see, they left about seven o'clock and they, uh, I'm not exactly, I forgot the, sh the store that they stopped at. They got gas, uh, not gas, um, sorry, uh, air in their tires. And then they stopped at another store along the way, probably about a half hour, 45 minutes away. 
and they got um, some snacks and um, and, uh, and they continued headed up. It's about a two and a half hour drive to from Idaho Falls all the way up to Lador. So yeah. I so I do have a question for you though. So yeah. Jessica was a CNA, correct? And she was yes. taking care of Bob. Yeah, for about six months. And that's Dior or uh, Vernal. That would be um, that would be Trina's uh, the the grand the grandma's uh, father. Um, Jessica's mom. Is yes, Jessica's, Jessica's mother. mother yeah. Or okay, okay. It would so be a, a, yeah. So Jessica's mm -hmm. taking care of him. Now, what, what's his medical well, he was conditions? on oxygen, and, you know, he was quite uh, up there. I think, believe he was in the late 70s. Um, and, uh, you know, really shouldn't have been taking care of any any uh, little child. But, yeah, he, he went up there with his friend. I guess he's gone up there, um, you know, gone camping and fishing with his friend before. But Grandma, didn't, Grandma Trina didn't feel very comfortable leaving her dad up there, you know, alone um, with just a friend. And so she supposedly asked right. Jessica, you know, the daughter, to go along with them and, and kind of keep an eye on them. So, yeah, they got to the um, the stage stop, uh, which is, a, you know, just a little little corner store, basically. Um, and, and they tried to go in there to get some food, uh, maybe something to eat or something. And, and they didn't, it was supposedly closed. So they all kind of got out, realized it was closed. They got back in. Um, and they headed out to the campsite, which is about, it's only about 10 miles, but it can take up to 40, 45 minutes just to get out there because it's a really, really rocky terrain on the road. Um, um, it's kind of like a one way in, one way out. And um, they arrived there about 9.30, and I set up the tent and, um, and the camper and stuff, uh, set up a little fire. Grandpa slept in the... Um, the camper, it's kind of small. Uh, the the dad and mom and, and Dior, they slept in the back of the suburban. And Isaac, he had a tent. Um, I don't think they stayed up too late, but uh, Isaac was. I guess you know the parents make it sound like Isaac was kind of grumpy about having a child around. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, eventually they they fell asleep and. Um, you know, the next morning's kind of when it all starts, um, you know, in the timeline of, of what they, you know, say have happened. And, you know, that's, uh, discrepancies really start there. <laughs> right. Uh, and, that's, they... <laughs> and that's what I've read. It was, um, so Jessica's story is that Isaac wakes them up and says something to the effect of, like, he knocks the wakey. window and says, wakey, wakey. Yeah, eggs, eggs and bakey and stuff. Yeah, eggs and yeah. bakey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I can't really see that happening. <laughs> so, so had he done that, that would lead you to believe that Isaac's out there making breakfast, right? Right, right, right. right. Yeah, and but then um, later on the story, yeah. like at one point, Jessica's saying that she made breakfast that morning, and then um, and then Vernal, Vernal, and uh, Vernal <laughs> says he was making breakfast. Right, right. So he must have. And that's so just much a minor food. detail. Yeah, just a, just the itty bittiest little things, and and if you watch Isaac's interview um, later, he actually says, "Did we have breakfast that morning?" You know, I mean, wow, he, yeah. Wow. So, um, it's it's just, I guess you know, uh, no matter, I, mean, I guess no matter how you tell the story, it, it's just not gonna make sense, um, you know, because, I mean, did they really go to Dior? Has never been. Um, seen there, you know, Isaac is the only person that's 
claimed to seen him you know so that is that's the day that really starts with all the discrepancies and and it's really hard to keep it all in order i mean i have it all in order if you'd like to hear it all in order um yeah i mean it, it, i mean you don't have to give us like each minor detail but go ahead and start yeah, tell yeah. the story so they got up they supposedly had some sort of breakfast somebody cooked it right yeah um, somebody then, cooked then what it. happened from there they're kind of both complaining um, in their statements each that the baby was um, trying to get into the fire, trying to trying to just you know he was really interested in the fire and 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 they both had to at some point you know keep the baby away from the fire and so the fire was kind of a big story for the morning thing. Um, and, and there was a diaper changing. Uh, uh, first thing in the morning, there was a diaper changing. And there was a diaper changing the night before. Um, so there's a diaper situation there that there's not enough diapers found. Um, and so, yeah, so Isaacs claims that he got up in the morning. I think he before anybody even woke up, he said he had to go to the bathroom. And he was tired. He went back to bed, he said. Um, and he got up at, um, you know, around noon. And that's when the parents were about to leave. Uh, with your down to the store um, because Jessica had started her um, monthly thing and um, everybody wanted some candy and uh, Bernal was all right with it because he likes rock stars so he was okay to go down to town to do that they needed some gas anyways the gas fuel a gauge doesn't really work um, so they get um, they get to town uh, you know again 45 minutes of drive and um, yeah, they, they go in there and they realize that there's no gas, so Jessica's going to wait to do her monthly business <laughs> purchasing for a minute. And I supposedly they got lost for an hour trying to find gas. Um, it's not a really big town. It's kind of like a blink of an eye. You're no, it's out. tiny. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he eventually found gas eventually, but it ended up being like red diesel. And they got a lot of it, um, a lot more than they needed. Um and um, by the time they, they got back to the store, um, you know, they did their purchasing. They said that they were there for about an hour um, talking to a lot of people. They make it sound like there was a lot of people interacting with them. Um, so no, one re- that, <laughs> no one remembers that. I'm sorry. Um, so that's what I find interesting, too. Is I mean, Yeah. I, I don't personally know, but I know that if a female is having her monthly issues that She's not going to wait around and let her husband go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Drive around town look for a gas station or anything Shout else, and then the they actually they go in the store, they purchase some things, and then they she comes back in to buy those right afterwards. Like she yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah, No, they they were like they were going to come back to the store. So they she's like, I'll just wait. Gas is more important because right. they're only gas more important, you know. And to me, if I were to be in that situation, I'd be like, I need to go now. Like, you know, I don't understand. Right. That didn't make sense to me. Um, so because they yeah. stopped at the store to ask where a gas station was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the store that That's she could have walked into, get her stuff, and then got yeah. back to the vehicle. Go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Could have just taken a second. Yeah. So that, that was really confusing right there. Their timeline in that area also doesn't fit. Um, um, I made a time. I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, I'll throw this in here. I made a timeline uh, at some point, and I had literally gathered every single word of their own words in writing or in voice and their times and when you literally put it all down on a piece of paper it, it's all over the place um mm-hmm. so uh, what i find interesting is that jessica makes it a point to text her mom um some hintful things that uh you know i, I started my period 
I just got my tampons. You know, I'm like, well, I don't understand those kind of texts either. So a lot, of, a, a lot of building a like, timeline. Yeah, exactly. Building a yeah. timeline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alibis and, and you know, right. um, yeah, yeah. So you you had started <laughs> to mention that uh, they claim that multiple people saw Dior that morning, correct? Like so that's what they town. that's what the parents were trying to uh, imply. But it was actually proven. Klein had actually um, gained all the sources to go interview all these people, literally down to the trucking person that Bernal said that had seen him. And nobody has seen him. Now, here's one thing I want to point out. And even the parents agree with this on their first inter- I think it was their first interview, is that there was a little boy seen at 6 o'clock on Friday evening, probably after everybody had left, um, dirty, crying, and with a guy in a black truck. Now, oh. Vernal mentions this in the interview and tried to make it sound like, well, we have a black truck and, you know, that sticks out too a little bit, you know, why would somebody out of every, the whole time they were there, the only time someone noticed a child was 6 p.m. on Friday. So that was, that's really interesting. So, I'm sorry, so Friday was the day that he's reported missing? Yeah, sorry. Yes, okay, so, Mm -hmm. all right, so, um, and one of these people that supposedly had seen Dior, the truck driver you had mentioned, he, their story was that the truck driver let Dior sit in the front of his vehicle yes. truck and everything else. And that guy adamantly said, you know, first of all, I don't remember ever seeing a kid with the, with them. And it's against company policy to have a kid in the front of my vehicle. So there's no way that would have happened. Right. And he also mentioned, he mentioned about uh, the, the truck is always pulled around the backside of the building, not in the front parking lot where uh, the Vernal had said that truck was, right? Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And... It, yeah, just not one person, not even the clerk inside the building, but the clerk in the building did admit later, you know. So, you know, being that he's uh, reported, uh, you know, he was already supposedly missing for an hour. Um, so let, let's get back on the 10th, you know, the the next morning, you know, the, after breakfast and everything, they go to town, they come back, and supposedly Grandpa and Isaac were pulling in in the Suburban at the same time that... that um, that the parents and Dior were pulling in. And they claimed that they were just coming from the reservoir area, tried to go fish in there, and that there were people by the water over there. Um, that's not confirmed. Um, it's also that there may be some campers up on top of the hill. I don't think, I'm not sure if that's confirmed. Um, and so they uh, they get there and, um, uh, what was it? Isaac and Grandpa showed them some fish that they caught, you know, little minnows and stuff. And they were kind of, you know, big enough to catch. And they had like six or seven of them in a cooler. And Vernal didn't believe them. And it's like, you know, no way you caught that in the creek, you know. So they, you know, it's like Grandpa's like, here, guys, it goes show them. And so Grandpa, you know, is sitting here with some candy, you know, and, and, and they all go down towards the creek. But Little man is not sure. Sorry, Dior is also called little man. He's not sure if he wants yeah, I, to go with them. <laughs> so, so to backpedal that, that's something that I've I've realized too is they they constantly call him little man. They never yeah. call him by name in any interview. So it's yeah. almost like they're trying to distance themselves. Like 
They don't want well, to say no. his name. In a way, in a way, I have a son, and I I have a nickname for him. I call him Boo, and um, so I don't. That doesn't stick out for me too much. It's more so like when Grandpa says that kid, or you know that baby, or mm. you know that that feels more distancing. Uh, having a, a nickname, I I really don't see that as an issue. But it is, you know, it it just depends on like how they use the term, I guess. Um, mm. I guess I mean I guess I can see what you're saying, but it just feels weird that every interview they they never say his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when yeah, they're trying yeah, to get his name out there. Not once they say it, right? <laughs> All right, continue. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Um, yeah. So uh, where were they? Um, yeah. So they get back. They go down to the creek, and. Um, and Isaac shows him the fish and he supposedly goes back up the creek to do his own little fishing in a different area and you know the parents supposedly they say they were only what I don't know 100 years away maybe um, it changes from just so 10 feet to like this many yards so I'm not really sure they should be able to see the campsite is what they said and when um, I think Bernal wanted to go show uh, Dior some of the fish that they found down there, you know, and so he goes back up there and he's not there and he's asking Grandpa, well, where's, you know, where's the little man? And it's like, well, he was right there, you know, and, and that's when the search began and, um, you know, so some new things that popped up after after that is one of the things is Jessica will change the story and say Vernal is actually never down at the creek, along with Isaac um, saying that as well, is that they, Isaac and Jessica were heading down there, Vernal and Dior were right behind them, but when they kept looking back, they were no longer behind them. And Jessica will say that he had spent about 20 minutes at the truck instead of camping. So that was kind of interesting to me to throw out there in that little discrepancy. And, right. um, it's you know, different that, from her original story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they contradict they contradict each other's statement. They can't even tell the same statement. This, this, at the, you know, twice they can't tell the same statement twice. Um, so there's times to where go, mm-hmm. to go back to um, Bob's medical history or medical issues. Now you're you're taking a guy that's on oxygen up to the mountains. You know, right. I'm not a doctor, but I think that's even worse for him. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and then you expect fire. and then you expect him right. <laughs> You expect him to keep track of your kid. Right. You know, he's he's never going to be able to run and catch the kid if he does run off. Yeah. Right. It's just it's, it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, that 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 doesn't make sense. No matter how far you are, I mean, there's water nearby. You know, you're in an area that you're not familiar with. Um, yeah, that, that that just doesn't make sense. And you know, part of that discrepancy also is that. Um, in one of Isaac's interviews is he, he was surprised to hear um, grandpa was on oxygen. So that, that, yeah, that, so that sticks out to me, you know, um, and and you can find all that in the page in, in, um, uh, in a timeline area. Yeah. And so I find that really confusing. (laughs) I was like, why didn't you know he was on oxygen? You know, how Um, did that even happen? (laughs) Yeah, so was he or was he not, you know? (laughs) Seems pretty obvious. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they eventually, uh, they realize that he's missing. Um, And Bernal later says, and it didn't come out until until later, that he actually ran down the road twice in his truck. Um, The first time was to just go see. The second time was to go down and make a 911 call. Um, That stands out to me as well. and so, you know, they, they call 911, they come out, 
and and well, he's not found, you know, and that's. So, who calls nine one one? Oh, uh, supposedly Grandpa called first, but hung up, and then Jessica called, and while Jessica was on the phone, Vernal called. So Vernal was supposed to be about 1.5 miles away and down the road, and yet he's Wait. heard in the background. You can hear him in the background talking. Yes, what? yes, yes, and, yes. And the operator <laughs> even notates that. She says, "Yes." Oh, is somebody else calling in also? So yes, there's no way he was mile and a half down the road. No, and then here's another discovery that pops out inside of Jessica's statement is that while she was on 911 call, she was telling the 911 caller that she was emptying her wet pockets into the truck. <laughs> How do you do that? The truck the is supposedly a mile and a half away. away. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and, 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 and wet pockets, wet pockets. She <laughs> so. has a signal at the campsite, but Vernal doesn't. And I assume they're right. on the same plan, but maybe not. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And another neat, another interesting clue as far as when you say signal, um, Jessica's phone was actually pinged on the mountain Wednesday night, according to Klein. Um, not sure if he'll repeat that. I, um, I've tried to get him to repeat it, but it was a, during a, a Q&A, and he had actually answered that. So, um, you know, it's it, yeah, it is interesting. It kind of moves the timeline back a little bit, and... Klein already moves it back at least to Thursday, not Friday. So, um, you know, it's it's really, you know, it's it's to the point to where no matter who tells you the story, you've got to be able to take all the facts and make up your own judgment on it. You know, at this point, um, because until the parents speak about what they really know, um, assuming that they are, are suspects as um, law enforcement has named them. Um, it would be it would be nice to give you know proper burial uh, to my right. belief. I don't believe he's alive, so you know just to put this to rest. Um, so how would, do you feel about good. polygraph tests? Oh man, <laughs> it, they failed. They, how, how do you fail? <laughs> so collectively, the they, they fail. They failed nine times, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. And Grandpa failed too, and Isaac failed too. However, theirs is more dismissed because of health issues and medical mm -hmm. problems. All yeah, right. so so Jessica failed four times, he failed five yeah. times. And those are the only exactly. times they were given that polygraph, correct? Yeah. It's not like they passed yeah. one. In no, fact, the, not at all. The examiners even said it's the worst they've ever seen someone do on a polygraph test. Right. Why, yeah. why were they right. given? Why were they given so many uh, tests? Hey, that's a good question. And you know, Trina, the the grandmother, had also taken one, um, and, and and no one actually knows the results of that one. Uh, I believe actually the very first one she took, she was supposed to take another one. We don't know if she did that one, but the first one it was inconclusive. So, um, you know, it, it just shows that it's possible. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to call other people more than you know the parents. Um, you know, of interest, but it does. It does kind of make you wonder about kind of who's all in this little circle of of, of helping this um, cover up. You know. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't understand either, Jeff. Like, why do you take four or five polygraphs if you're going to fail every time? Do you think you're going to? Yeah. Wake like, up did, one morning. Did, did they pass tell it? them like the, the results and like, oh no, give me another one. Like I can pass this one. You know, I don't. What what leads to <laughs> getting more polygraph uh, tests? Yeah, and maybe more evidence came out or something, right? And 
I want to say that maybe police did one and then FBI did one and maybe they just did a follow-up one, you know, to, mm-hmm. it, that's just a lot of, that's a good question. Why, why would you do so many? Well, especially considering like they're inadmissible in court. Uh, right. Right. So I, I, I'm, I'm just as confused by that as I am the rest of their story. Yeah. And then let's talk about the PIs, you know, why won't they work with the PIs? Uh, Frankville, they, they do think that they are both suspects. However, Frankville will, will think that um, the baby's alive and um, and you got Klein that doesn't think the baby's alive. Um, you know, Frank thinks that the baby is sold and Frankville is the first um, private investigator. Uh, he was actually a family friend. And so he decided to take on this case for free as long as the parents were truthful. It All didn't right. take very long for him to fire the parents with a letter stating that they were not being truthful. Right. Um, and so, you know, you got the public all raising money and um, we got another PI, and that's Klein. And, um, you know, I think he did an amazing job for what what he was given. And, um, you know, uh, I think the closer he got, that's, that's what happened. They didn't want to work with him anymore. You know, he got too close and, um, you know, I just, it's sad. It shows a lot of character. So I understand that they... Um... Were they kicked out of their apartment or they just decided to move out of their yeah, apartment? Yeah, they, the they were, I believe they were kicked out of their apartment, um, lack of rent. And uh, so law enforcement asked the landlord if they could go in and take a look around, right? What did they find? Yes, absolutely. Um, what they did find, which is kind of weird, they did find a, a camel jacket that kind of matched the one that he was disappeared in, but it actually came out to being not the same jacket. So it is not the correct jacket. Um, what I and I don't is that believe what they that say what's that? Is that what Vernal and Jess say, or is that no, no, no? That's what Klein says. Klein, Klein okay. has determined on his own um, that the jacket is not the same jacket. There are multiple of those kind of jackets within that family because there was an older son, and um, Dior also had one when he was a baby. So it's kind of like something that they're just into, you know, having camouflage jackets. So um, okay. it didn't turn out to be the same, so which is good. But what was interesting was the the match cards that they supposedly said was in his pocket were actually in a Ziploc bag stuffed down deep into the couch. What? So that's interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, little things like that. Um, there was a cadaver dog brought out there. I don't believe any cadaver scent was picked up there. Um, that is something that I am unaware of. Uh, but to my knowledge, I don't think anything cadaver scent was anything picked up. Did um, they had dogs run uh, up there on the mountain, right? Yes, they've had a couple dogs out there, um, and they did pick up a few scents. Um, they picked up a scent over by uh, by the Cattleguard, which is about one point five miles away where Vernal was about. Um, uh, Klein will think that that's a holding spot. It's very possible. Um, and then there was uh, there was a total of five spots all together. One was somewhere around a mile post 15, so I'm assuming it's more on, on a main road. Um, and the rest were actually kind of near the campsite. So, you know, well, was he really up there? Was he not? Um, you know, did did anything happen at home? And did they have things with them that they brought to that campsite that they didn't really think was going to leave sense if they touched it? And You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, um, you know, and another thing is weird. They... they 
they were looking at the the reservoir in the day of the search um, on the 10th there was a couple of things that had surrounded that day someone had come in and spread ashes into the reservoir during the search um i believe they got a hold of that person and i believe they were from oregon and um I'm not sure exactly why they did that. <laughs> that that wasn't a smart move during a search like that. Um, right. Saturday Is that something was that the dogs search. actually pick up on? Um, yeah, they picked up on the reservoir. Yes, they did. Oh, okay. They picked up on the reservoir. And then they kept going back to the truck. The truck and the reservoir, back and forth. And um, Well, actually, know, Jessica says at one point that all of a sudden their dog was there, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that she, she apparently trained the dog to search for him. And put piece of clothing <laughs> Kinda in the like, dog's Where is nose he? Where and, is he? You know, and, and, and the dog supposedly ran off looking for the for the child. Towards right? the towards the cattle guard, yes. Um, so the cattle guards weren't mentioned a lot. Um, it would be a really good holding spot, to be honest with you. If you if you were thinking you were looking in a camping site, you're not going to go towards the cattle guard a mile and a half. That's towards the entrance. You know, um, you might might search the. I just I just don't know. They searched a three mile radius, but I think that the cattle guard was not one of those radius areas and you know if he was up there i would assume that he could have been underneath the cattle guard for for a holding spot while everybody came but well, you know if they showed up on wednesday night uh, we're for me then, so what's the cattle what's a cattle, the cattle, guard? Guard. A cattle guard is a it's kind of like a gate on the ground um so um cattle don't go over it it's so it's like pipes that kind of go in a in the same direction across the road so we can walk on it, we could drive over it, but cows, it kind of stops them. Oh, oh I think okay. I know what so you're talking about. Nervous, yeah, yeah. Go across it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they stepped in, okay. their foot would get stuck. Yeah. Sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Totally off, off topic here, but <laughs> I was curious what that was. <laughs> so they don't think there's any chance of a, of a like a big cat or, or some other sort of animal that no. grabbed him? No, no, absolutely not. There's, um, you know, there, there's it got the FBI involved. You've got, you've got uh, detectives. You've got law enforcement, just regular law enforcement. You've got, um, you know, the sheriff that's actually from the town. Um, you know, you just got so many people who've literally put all their time in here, and there's just no one, no one can verify that that Dior was up there. There is no um, actual scent of him. Um, you know, the cadaver dog could have picked up an an Indian thing. You know, there there was this is this an Indian territory, and there have been bones found, and I believe not in that area, but near around it, because that's where the Shoshone Indians have resided at one time. You know, so um, yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing. They are literally considered suspects. However, Penner, the the sheriff of Lemhi, they they. He've knocked it down from suspects to person of interest. Um, that's kind of confused a lot of people, but maybe he's just being fair. I'm not sure. So what is your gut instincts? What do you think happened? Oh, what's that? So what are your gut instincts? What do you think happened to Dior? My gut instincts. Okay. Well, I, opinion. Um, <laughs> my opinion, my opinion is I believe an accident happened at home and, um, and I, have, and I believe it happened on Wednesday. Um, I believe it happened around 2 o'clock based on um, the cousin's post. that she's, she's posting a selfie. She's a crying selfie, a real big crying selfie. And because it's so close to this case that, um, you know, 
I, I this is my opinion. So yeah, two o'clock Wednesday, I feel that happen, and uh, the three o'clock next comes, and that's when Justice Cut's gonna go over there and clean, and she says her mom and her grandfather and her stepdad were there, but yet mom, the grandma says she was not even there. So that throws another little thing at me. Um, I believe this happened um, at home where where her aunt and her cousin lived upstairs, and they lived in the bottom basement. Um, Another, you know, so I believe that the alibi was uh, was planned on Wednesday. Um, then uh, after this whole entire camping, you know, uh, you know, I'm setting up the camper, I'm, I'm filling it up and stuff like that. She ends up going to Aunt Lynn's, which is above her house, like I said, where her cousin lives as well, and to have dinner. But what I don't understand is that she actually, when I had actually talked to the Aunt Lynn and I said, I think Keisha might have something to do with it, she didn't get happy about that. Um, and what she did slip is that Vernal came home from work Wednesday night and picked up Jessica and, and the baby. Well, where did they go? They live downstairs. There's no reason to pick them up. There's no uh, alibi for where they slept that night, what they did that night. Um, where did they go? Um, and then, so I believe that they went out there, they did their thing, and they came back, and, and Jessica continued the planning of the camping trip, and I think um, Vernal continued his work day, and everybody met up, and this is what happened. Yeah. And that's why their stories don't stick, is because, I mean... You know, that's, that's my opinion. I, I, I mean, I literally, I feel like it broke down all the way down to 2 p.m. on Wednesday, so... Um, wow. Either way, I think the parents did it. Um, I think it was an accident. I don't believe it was on purpose at all. Um, they just don't seem like that kind of people. And, you know, and I feel bad for them in a way. It's, it's weird to say that after five years of, of caring about this baby so much. But, you know, I had to take myself out of the situation and just be a person. And, and that was just, what a situation to be in. You know what I mean? And so once, you, once they started... Right. A lie and I just don't think that they can go back and here we are five years later you know well and the thing about that does kind of make sense a little bit about that is with their stories uh, not lining up like at all like if it's one thing mm -hmm. if you try to bend the truth a little bit but right. if you're trying to make up an entire day's events that never happened then right. I could definitely see where there'd be a lot of discrepancies yeah exactly yeah there's there's too many um I've created a list of discrepancies. It looks like I kind of double did it, so I got to redo it. But it's also on the page um, under under um, timelines, and um, you know I got links and I've got a timeline of words. So there's two different things, um, and they can they can help out a lot as far as um, you know putting the story together. There's discrepancies. You know, go back and watch every discrepancy that you can find. Um, because I run that page of Justice for Baby Dior, I actually plan to make um, little clips and videos of, of their discrepancies because I feel like when he gets covered on, you know, like HLN and, and ID, which is so awesome that, that anybody and everybody can cover his case. It, he's just such a, a special child to so many these days. And um, I want to put some clips together that actually show the discrepancies only, not the whole story, just their discrepancies. And I and I think that those need to stand out more for other people to 
make better decisions on what they feel. But no matter how many people feel the way they feel, it's not going to solve the case. So I just hope enough pressure eventually breaks something. Um, his face gets, you know, put more out there. More people can be educated on, on what it is. Um, you know, that's why the case is also all based on facts rather than um, speculation because I have come right. across in my time where people are parent supporters and there's nothing wrong with that because if they care about them then they care about them you know um, so it's I, for everybody I think that uh, video sorry I thought I think that video idea is a great idea and we certainly will yeah. share it on our page as well yeah 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 that'd be awesome yeah I think it would be kind of good highlights for it alright Jeff do you have any other questions for Kelly? No, no. I think that well, covered I, about everything I could expect. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you guys even taking the time to, you know, discuss him. And um, a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're aware that you're going to, you know, be talking about him. And we're really excited to, you know, just get a story out, you know even if it kind of floats all over the place and not in order, you know, people, people who will, you know, there's so many people who do know his story and if just they can share just one person of their friend and then that friend shares one person, you know, it, it just gets his face out there and it doesn't feel so cold, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. would be, that would be more important to anybody. I, I think you did a fantastic job and it's obvious that you're well versed in this and you've taken a lot of time and I'm sure that, uh, Dior at least appreciates that. Yeah, that that's my goal. If you if you know the case well, I think you should stick around. That's that's what I think. All right. Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank uh, you. For... Look forward to talking to you again sometime. Yes. yes thank, thank you. you very anytime. Much. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. We would like to thank Kelly for speaking with us tonight and for all the hard work that she's done to look into the case and to share his message. If you have any information about this case, please contact the Idaho State Police. If you want to get more information about this case, go to justiceforbabydior.com or to join in on the conversation, go to the Facebook page, Dior Kuntz Jr. Voices. And as always, thanks for listening. Five-year-old Taylor, Taylor Williams led investigators to Alabama this week. So we have some breaking news from Florida. An arrest has been made. Tonight, after years of agony, a glimmer of hope for the family. Investigators spent hours searching through this house off Pennsylvania Avenue. What could be a major development in the search for missing Alabama teenager. Tonight, a stunning twist in the search for Taylor. Cases, somebody out there knows something. They want to lay him to rest their way, not by somebody else's way.